Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome back to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. This is the show where we take a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and every week we look at a different episode of a different series each week and happy Halloween everybody. Man, this is the culmination of our Halloween themed month and man, we got an incredible episode to talk about today. But before we get into that, of course, my name is Randy. I am your host on this journey. And as always, I am joined by my good friend, Phil. Phil, how you doing today, brother? Happy spooky scary, everybody. Are you bastards tuning in yet? Because I told you I'd fucking find you. But anyway, how is everyone? How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I probably ain't going to be doing pretty good tomorrow when all the uh, legal complaints come in, but... Well, just going to have to deal with that when that comes. But, uh... Oh, Chapo's got my back. I'm good. Oh, man, guys. But, yes. <laughs> the, the day this episode drops is Halloween Day itself, man. And, folks, hold on to your dookie. It's about to get spooky up in here. Spooky dookie. Because for this episode, man, there's only one series we could go to for an episode that drops on Halloween, man. A show that we have not explored yet on this show, The Real Ghostbusters. Not the Ghostbusters. The real Ghostbusters. That's right. I had these babies know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. And before we end this episode today, of course, we've got just a little bit of housekeeping here, man. Of course, Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Go to geekworldorder.com. Keep up on all the geeky goodness. Of course, you can find us on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash geekworldorder. Twitter and Instagram, both at geekworldorder. Oh, man, and this episode of... Oh, and of course, can't forget to mention that, of course, you can subscribe to us on all of the major podcast platforms. If there's a... Whichever one you prefer, just go ahead and give us that subscribe just get the episodes downloaded to your devices every Thursday when they are released. And of course, on your preferred method of podcast promotion, please give us a like, thumbs up, whatever, a heart react, whatever system your podcast provider uses. Give us that. Leave us a review. You know, please tell your friends, share the posts on social media, and just please help this podcast spread, man. Just spread the love, everybody. Yeah, please find us. Or we'll find you. <laughs> oh, man. And today, we are looking at an episode of The Real Ghostbusters. This episode is called The Halloween Door. And this isn't just a regular episode. This was actually aired as a primetime special on ABC back in uh, October 29th of 1989. Pretty big deal. And do man, this was actually an insane episode. Of course, there's a lot of like this episode has good animation. It's just got crazy things going on all the time. Like you could tell there was definitely some effort put into this episode. It just dude, this was a fun episode, man. I got to just say that from the start. Oh yeah, it really was. Um yeah, so we actually start at the firehouse where um, Peter is getting ready for a date. 
<laughs> Peter is my spirit animal, dude. Let me tell you. Dude, I, I love didn't... that guy. Oh, dude, this was insane. Like, so apparently his plan is to take this date because apparently he got invited to a function like at Trump Tower. Yeah, you notice that mention, right? <laughs> yes. Dude. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, 30 years ago. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, Peter and Ray are kind of talking. You know, his plans to go on a date. And more or less, the guys are going to go trick-or-treating. After their gig at the middle school. So, yeah, the, Dude, the Ghostbusters. That was pretty much like... That was advertisement for the Ghostbusters, dude. It's like, yeah, celebrate. Conjure up those spooks. Yeah. And at this point, we'll we're... get them for a price. At this point, we're five years past the events of the movies. And... Yeah. Oh, and dude, Winston, he was going at it, dude. I mean... <laughs> I was like, Winston even sang. Damn. Oh, we'll get into that, man. That part was just, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So, yeah, the Ray's talking about the plans to go trick-or-treating after this gig at the middle school. And even Slimer's getting in on the on the Halloween action. Ray says um, he's got a very spooky costume. And oh, I think he's yeah. chatting up Slimer's putting on the costume. And, dude, he, his costume is he's going as Peter. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, making, like, stupid one-liners like Peter does. and Oh, dude, just... Oh, my God. No, go ahead, because this is, this is just... It's gold. Immediate gold. Like, literally after that, Peter's like, wait, hold on. Give me a minute. So he goes and <laughs> somehow finds a Slimer mask and somehow takes, like, a a handful of like slime shoves it right in Slimer's face. Dude. Slimer's like, uh, I have been like totally slimed, man. And then freaking Peter. Five his, years. His response, five, five years. years I've been, been waiting to do this. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. Yep. I love this man. And this did air during the fifth season of the real Ghostbusters. So yeah, we're apparently in like real time here. Oh yeah. And this is what tells us we are five years past the events of, I would assume Ghostbusters two. Oh man. Here's where we start getting into some fun trouble here. Uh, Peter's date arrives at the firehouse. Lynn Stacy. And of course it's, you know, Peter's type of woman. You know, fair, you know, gorgeous redhead woman. Probably got some money. By the way, not for it, nothing, but like the eighties was like the era of like hot redheads for some reason. Yeah. Like everywhere. In every cartoon. Oh, and so here's where we get our um one of our uses of the same person voicing multiple characters in an episode. Every female character in this episode, so Lynn Stacy, Janine, 
a little girl that'll be featured later in the episode, are all voiced by the same voice actress. Which, in this case, it's a Kath Susie, who 90s kids may recognize from Rugrats as the voice of Phil and Lil. Oh, snap, really? And and the mother. Oh, crap, what was the mother's name? Like, Betsy, Betty? I think it was Betty. Yeah. But yeah, oh, she ev- was a character. Every, vo- every female voice in this episode was voiced by her. Oh, wow. Yep. Playing three roles and probably getting a third of the pay of everyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a different time back then. Yeah. So, yeah, so once uh, Lynn Stacy comes in, Slimer is like straight up like... Bruh. <laughs> Slimer's shot is shot. Like, for real. Slimer's like straight up like exaggerating. She's like, hey, yo, babe, get your ass over here. Come on, you Mr. Sugar Baby. Oh, and she straight up <laughs> kisses her. Yeah. Like, and he went, he went for it. Like, he went in. Oh, no, he knew this date meant something to Peter. And he's like, nah, bro, I'm gonna fuck your shit up. Fuck that dick. <laughs> That's what they do, man. Their rivalry Seriously. is, like, insane. It really is. She, she just straight up pulls a, I'm not that kind of woman, and just storms out. Yeah, and that's when Peter comes downstairs and he's like, uh... He's like, come back, baby, I love you! Where you going? Poor guy. Yo. And once you find out Slimer does it, he's like, you're dead, Slimer. You're dead. And fucking Slimer with the clap back. He's like, nice observation, Peter. (laughs) Like, dude... Slimer was an ass. He was, man. Like, this is literally Peter and Slimer through the entire series, dude. It's just like <laughs> insult, 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 clap back, clap back. And I forgot about that, to be honest. Like, it's been so long. I, know, I forgot dude. about how, like, they're back and forth banter. I'm like, this is glorious. Like, we're only like a couple minutes into this episode, and like this is just gold so far. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Although, but it's great. Um, actually, since I've got this Wikipedia pulled up here for this episode, this episode was written by J. Michael Straczynski. Oh, so dude, like this is quality like the whole time. But no, dude, the whole back and forth between Slimer and Peter is just gold, bruh. Dude, that banter is glorious. Like, so, I, can't, I can't knock it for nothing. Oh, dude, it is absolutely entertaining. So we get this really creepy dude that comes into the fire station. What the hell was going on with his head? Dude, I know. <laughs> This is not a puma. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe oh, it is, fuck. but like he's got like a forehead. This dude had like a like he a had like a skull shaped like Jenga. Like it was just 
fucked up. That looked like a hairdo that was like flesh colored and made his made Ugh. into his forehead. Like his skull had foreskin. It was so weird. <laughs> but dude, this guy comes and uh, uh, we find out this guy is named uh, Doctor Crowley. And dude, like as I watched this, I actually had to go find out who he was because the oh, voice no. was so familiar. Familiar voice, I will say that much. So, the voice actor for Dr. Crowley is a man by the name of Michael Rye. Hmm. You may recognize him from Gummy Bears. Oh, get out of here. Yes. You know that, that one, like, main bad guy with the mustache? Yes. That's him. Dude, Gummy Bears was that jam. Dude, but yeah, he was that... Knight, Duke, whatever it was. Oh, hell no. Wow. Yes. And he's also joined by his associate, Fairweather. Who has, <laughs> Jack Black. <laughs> who, will also, who also has a, another... Um, the voice he uses Ooh. may not be his most recognizable voice, but the actor that plays Fairweather is... Roger Bumpus, who is the voice hmm. of Squidward. Are you serious? Yep. Get the fuck out of here. And actually, Bumpus actually pulls double duty on this episode because he also plays Lewis Tully. Oh, shit. So yeah, dude, this guy's been good. in the voice acting industry for a long time. Yeah, I was going to say, he's good, man. So yeah... Uh, Crowley and Fairweather come in with a very unusual request. They want the Ghostbusters to help them get rid of Halloween. Yeah, not rid of any ghosts, not rid of any ghouls, not no seances, nothing special. Halloween, Halloween completely. Yeah, completely. All of it. Everything. We want it like, destroyed. Top to bottom, they want Halloween just destroyed. And they're all just like, no, dude, why would you want that? Yeah, and the Ghostbusters, the funny part is, and I don't knock them for it, they defended Halloween completely. But then again, that's kind of their business, more or less. Right. And they're like, no, dude, we love it. You know, Halloween's like the night where we kind of take back the streets. Yeah. And this dude's like, Ugh, Halloween serves no purpose. It serves no purpose. We don't like it. So, Along with many other things we don't like. And Egon, to his credit, tries to start explaining something. He's like, oh. And this explanation is going to come up actually a couple times in the episode. And it's actually going to serve a purpose. But at this point, you know, uh, yeah. Egon barely gets to start his explanation. Bye, lad. So, yeah, so Slimer just straight up chases these two off. Yeah, that was that was delightful, by the way. Oh, yeah. Dude, Slimer is just a national treasure. Like, 
especially this episode, he just really showed his ass, his non-existing ectoplasmic ass. Dude, Slimer is like a sassy bitch. <laughs> yeah. He Slimer is a straight he up really sassy is. bitch. Like he really he just he just went for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so these two guys, Crowley and Fairweather, they're a little bombed. He's like they're like Ah oh, So close. We're so close to destroying Halloween. So apparently they have a machine that's somehow supposed to help them in this. Apparently they don't have all the necessary components to make the machine work. Ah, yes, yes. So uh, Fairweather is like, well, actually, I stole one of their PKE meters. Yeah, my man basically just, he be full of jack move. Ah, uh, yeah, so. Dude, like. This, and dude was like, ah, oh, stealing is good. <laughs> right? He's like. Hmm. I was like, what? He's like, well, like this the, is going like, to accomplish our means. Dude, and this guy is like a straight up dick. Like, this little kid yeah, just comes like up and yells. Trick or treat. He basically just yells in your face and just like shoves the kid over. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's like in your face and like shoves the kid. It's like, wow, this guy is really a dick. I am a dick. Look at the way my head is shaped. So from there, we it's go to <laughs> a shot of the middle school. So he has finally, uh, yes, we finally get to this elusive gig at the middle school, and uh, Peter's up at the podium. He's like, anybody got any questions? <laughs> nah. So yeah, Egon once again kind of begins his explanation. You know, and it's like, oh, Halloween, this all started, you know, 2,000 years ago. There's a tradition. And, bro, they just bust out into this beautiful musical Dude. number. Yes, this is where it gets nice and funky. <laughs> and like they busted out into this, like, musical ensemble that was fantastic. It is, man. They're just, like, singing about Halloween. Slimer's, like, dancing with one of the kids. Yeah, Slimer just busts out and grabs a kid and starts boogieing. I'm like, damn. Kids ain't scared of him. He's just dancing around. The kid kisses Slimer on the cheek. I'm like, what? And dude, you as you said earlier, man, Winston is like busting out some lyrics. His voice Winston is like just so went smooth, for it, dude. He and, did. And so this he is the it's just Luther Vandross. He's just oh, and, <laughs> like, and this is Winston. the and this is the back half of the series. So. This is after the cast changes had been made. Because yeah. the first couple of seasons, um, Peter was originally voiced by... Oh, why am I blanking? Uh, Lorenzo Music, who was also known you know, for Garfield. But at this point, he is now being oh, played dude, by... Oh, the uh... irony. <laughs> yeah, right? 
the irony in that shit. Yes, Lorenzo music. Oh. Yeah, you go from Bill Murray, the live Peter, to Lorenzo music, the animated, and then Lorenzo music does the animated Garfield, and Bill Murray does the live action Garfield. Yes. So, but at this point of season five, uh, Peter is now voiced by Dave Coulier. Hmm, why does that sound familiar? Yeah. From Full House. Ah. <laughs> Uncle <laughs> Joey. Yes, that's... Th- thank you. Yes. I knew that... I knew that freaking voice was familiar. Yes, at this point of the series, it's Dave Coulier. Come on. Now, there was also See, another... I, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> well, at least this time. I mean, maybe a little. So, another voice cast had been done. At the beginning of the series, um, Winston was originally played by Arsenio Hall. <laughs> he is not played by Arsenio Hall at this point. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Winston, at this point of the series, is played by Buster Jones. Buster Jones? Who, who you may recognize from both G.I. Joe and Transformers. Mm-hmm. So Buster Jones in G.I. Joe played Doc, the original medic in the first couple seasons. And on Transformers, he oh. was the voice of Blaster. Oh. Yeah, the Autobots equivalent episode. of Soundwave. Yeah. And dude, man, Buster Jones, man, he is busting out some incredible singing voice Buster in Jones one. be like, yeah! <laughs> Dude, he's got that smooth, beautiful soul voice, man. He really does, man. Yep. Like, and, you have to with a name like Buster Jones. Right? Like, you gotta, have, you gotta have something to come with that name. Like, you really do. And for the and most part, they're all doing pretty good in this song. Um... And, of course, the other cast members had not been changed. Uh, Frank Welker played Ray through the entire series. And Maurice LaMarche, who we many will know of as The Brain from Peaking in the Brain, is the voice of Egon. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I think Maurice LaMarche might have been the weakest on this song. Probably. Yeah. Which, with a, with a dominant voice like that, is very surprising. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, I'm pretty sure he's done musical numbers, like, on Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. Just for some reason, this one was not his best. I think not for nothing. It's just with everything going on, it kind of outshined him. Right. Like, he didn't do a bad job, but he kind of got outshined a little bit. Yeah, no. Dude, Buster Jones, man, I'm still, like, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. That was a Wait. good shine moment for Winston. Like, damn, Winston has some pipes right now. I'm like, damn. I'm sitting here bobbing my head. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. So while they're, you know, after this number occurs, we cut to apparently whatever is like, you know, Crowley's office, headquarters, whatever. Ooh. He's going on his anti-Halloween rant again. Blah, blah, blah. I hate everything. Look at my phallic head. 
Like <laughs> his head is like phallic, dude. Dude, he he looks more like he should be like a villain on Cops. Right. It, it's either Cops or like Dick Tracy or some shit. Like this dude's forehead looks like like a Klingon forehead on like cocaine. This villain is known as Foreskin Frank. He's wanted in five different states. At least. If you have any information. So yes, yes, now that he has the PKE meter, somehow he's magically able to make his machine work. So this machine is the electronic, positronic, anti-Halloween machine. Bro, that sounds like something that should be in Rocky Horror. It does. Like, I feel like just it's saying that. Extermination. Because, like, literally, you just give it the right <laughs> cadence. Electronic. Positronic. Anti. A Halloween. A machine. And it feels like there should be, like, a musical number after this. Rocky. Oh man! Oh man! I might have to go oh, watch that. Shit. I may have to go watch that sometime this week. Dude, it's a cult classic. <laughs> it really is, man. It's like, oh my god! Like, I didn't understand it at the age I, I was, but I found it amusing. And then as I got older, it just got more and more amusing. I'm like, good god! See, I think I understood it from the start because I never actually saw Rocky Horror until I was actually an adult. Rocky. Oh, buddy. So, yeah, they <laughs> turn the machine on. And literally, anything related to Halloween just starts disappearing. Costumes start disappearing. Candy starts disappearing. Like, books. and Dude, they just take away everything. Like, if it had to do with, like, costumes, like, literature, anything that could be remotely related to Halloween just straight up starts disappearing. Yeah, they pretty much just like, especially with, like the candy disappearing. Like, was it at one point the people giving the candy disappeared? No, just the candy itself and the costumes anyone was wearing. That's what that's what it was. It was the costumes. Like they just really got petty about it. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. This guy was just completely petty about Halloween. He's just like, I don't care. It's like, you know, even stuff starts disappearing around the firehouse, and they're like, ooh, buddy, we are in trouble now. So yeah, it gets a little bit quiet, and all of a sudden, the machine just turns on, and it shoots straight into the sky. Yep. And all of a sudden, a portal appears. So yeah, and Crowley's kind of like, um, Fairweather, what, what, what's going on here? And he just, and Fairweather's like, what's happening is, it just exactly what we were hoping for. And he's like, what? And here comes Fairweather, like. Uh, uh, and he just like straight up turns into like this insect monster thing 
Yeah. So, yeah, we get a little bit of a twist on our classic trope. Everything's in danger, and our villain, who is apparently not our actual villain, has been turned on. And I bet you can guess what happens now. Ooh. That's right, kids. We go to a commercial break. So, yeah, and of course, we'll go ahead and take our commercial break here, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment, folks. Yeah, Okay, everybody, next question. Hands up. Who thinks of trick-or-treat when you think of Halloween? All right. How many of you know where that comes from? Let me answer that. Egon? <clears throat> 2,000 years ago, October 31st was the end of the old year, and the ancient Celtic priests, called Druids, held a celebration. It was the birth of the festival we now call Halloween. It was... It was a party! When the sun goes down and the night grows cold And the wind is whistling through the trees It's a celebration running through the nation Dancing and rocking on Halloween Can you feel the magic moving? See the moon shining bright Afraid of the night. Tell the old familiar stories. Mystery burning bright. Let the magic shine inside you. Let the darkness have no Halloween this year, Ray. No! What? What's that? My boss and yours. Get this. The only thing you see destroyed, the world is just destroyed, let the sky explode. The night is blowing cold, I want to pulverize. 
illuminate And if it spans, allow me course we've just had the classic going to commercial and everything's in trouble and of course we get the lovely explanation that they had had a plan all this time and unfortunately to be able to open the portal they needed a human being to do it someone who is mortal yep from here, dude, like, it is insane, dude. They're like ghosts, like, flying straight out the door, like, out the portal. Ghosts are everywhere. Oh, dude, they were so happy. These ghosts were so happy. Dude, <laughs> they and just like, went full on, just like, party mode. And this is one of the things that the Ghostbusters series does so well is in the visuals. Like, when the ghosts. I was but go ahead, you first. But yeah, dude, like the ghosts are going everywhere. They're flying. Just the shapes and the the textures and the way they're portrayed, all the different styles of ghosts and how many different ghosts they could come up with is amazing. Yeah, and the anim and that's what I was gonna say. The animation, good god, it was beautiful. Like. If I remember correctly, like the entire series had really good animation, but like this one in particular had beautiful animation. Dude, it really did. Which makes sense. The animation was great, and it was straight up. It was straight up just pure American animation, but the fluidity of it all, it was just great. Which makes sense because this was a primetime special. So you know, obviously for a special, you're gonna you know, put a little more budget towards animation. Yeah, exactly. And the Ghostbusters are just like straight up in action. They're like in the Ecto-1, just like shooting out the car. They're like, no big deal. (laughs) Right? Oh, dude, those ghosts are crafty. Dude, man. So at this point, you know, it's not looking good, but Egon has a theory. But once again, Egon tries to go explain his theory, and well, we're interrupted. Yeah. As always, 
by the boss. And we get a big old ghost man. Like, this one may be one of the most impressive visually. He, dude, he was smooth. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. Like, he was, he was freaking smooth. Dude, the boogaloo. The freaking boogaloo. Um, the boogaloo. <laughs> like, and we get our, shit. And we get our second musical number of the episode. Yes. We get a villain song too, man. And wasn't it very like Rocky Horror Picture Show-esque? The boogaloo is back in town. It was very Rocky Horror Picture Show-esque slash... Um, it was um, Little Shop of Horrors ish. So, and it it was beautiful. Oh, dude! So, little trivia here: the Boogaloo. He is voiced both the regular speaking and the singing voice by a man by the name of Brian O'Neill, who is the singer of a band called the Bus Boys. Wow, the Bus Boys. I know who the Bus Boys are. And the Bus Boys Even were Eddie on... Murphy talked about the Bus Boys. So the Bus Boys were on the soundtrack to the original Ghostbusters movie. You know they were on um, Eddie Murphy's... Um, I want to say it was Delirious. If it wasn't Delirious, it was the... Um, it, was either del- it was either Delirious or Raw. I want to say it was Delirious. I actually have not seen either of those. Dude. No, the, yeah, the Bus Boys, um, basically, they were his intro to his, his comedy skit way back when. Oh, nice. And that and, was yeah, in the 80s. So, yeah, on the original Ghostbusters uh, soundtrack, they performed the song Cleaning Up the Town. Nice. So that's so cool that they actually bring Brian O'Neill in to voice this character and do this amazing song N- with just knowing that he's tied into the Ghostbusters franchise already. And that's just so cool that they just did that, man. That is so awesome. It really is. The, fun- <laughs> the Dude, funny thing is, is that... Um, when Eddie, Mur- Eddie Murphy made a joke about the Bus Boys after they did his intro, mm-hmm. basically saying they'll sleep with literally anything. Like, when the Bus Boys come over, the fish stop swimming. <laughs> <laughs> it was very subtle, but it was very funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just wow. Yeah, no, I love when shows do things like that. When they bring in, you know, people that are affiliated with the franchise already. Um, Another one of my favorite examples of this is um, late 2000s during the Transformers animated series. They Uh hadn't, they had an episode that featured that series version of Rekgar. Oh, and Rekgar and this was probably about 2009, 2010 when this came out. But that version of Rekgar was voiced by Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al. Who ah. did 
which he did the song Dare to be Stupid, which was played during one of the Junkion scenes in Transformers the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, dude, like, which is, this is, that's so cool when you bring someone in who is, has a tie to a franchise, and then you bring them in and you do another thing, and, yeah, no, I, I love this. Oh, man. So, yeah, basically, uh, the Boogaloo is basically saying, oh, you forgot about Halloween, the deal has been broken. And Egon's like, yep, I was right. And so he finally gets to explain this thing that he's been trying to explain for the entire episode. Yes, he does. So about 2,000 years ago, a bunch of druids managed to contain a bunch of ghosts. And apparently these were some pretty ornery ghosts, some of the worst at the time. And basically what happened was the, the ghost basically agreed to go through the portal under one condition. They had to be remembered. Which yep. basically led to the tradition of Halloween. And so, of course, with Crowley's machine er eradicating any reference to Halloween, the deal has been broken. Oh, yeah. And they have to get the ghost back into the portal... And by midnight. It's a <laughs> and they have like, what, 30 minutes? They're like, oh, uh, and Peter's like, oh, uh, what time is it? It's 1130. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, this whole episode was just great. Oh, dude. And someone brings up the point of, you know, with all these ghosts around... Wouldn't they want to get more ghosts to join the party? And then they all Woo! kind of collectively go, the containment system. Yeah. So yeah, we go back to what? the firehouse where Janine, Louis Tully, and even Slimer have proton packs on. Slimer has a proton pack on trying to help. Like, they are just like trying to keep everyone back because like they know they are all trying to get down to the containment system doesn't that make you think though it's like the containment system they have them all at one central focal point mm -hmm. wouldn't you want to move that and maybe hide it a little bit I mean sure but I guess at some point moving it might actually be more dangerous because obviously you don't want to accidentally let these things out. But good God, you have all those, all of that in one place. And one ghost comes in and says, knock, knock. So eventually a couple of them do get past the line of defense. And at this point, Slimer realizes what's, ha what's about to happen. And he straight up nopes the fuck out of there. Yeah, like, like he straight up he grabs Janine and Lewis. He's like, nope, nope, gotta get out, gotta get out, gotta get out. Yeah, he basically, oh hell no, I can't do that shit. But he grabbed them both and was just like GTFO. He's uh -huh. like, oh no, because pretty much right after that, we have an explosion in the containment unit. 
Yo, I gotta give it to Slimer, dude. Like, seriously. As much as a dick as he's been in this episode, uh huh. He knew when well enough was enough. He's like, oh hell no, nah. let's go. He's like, oh boy, they got past us. Nope. Time to get out of here. Seriously. So yes. So across town, the Ghostbusters they hear the explosion, they see it, they're like Yeah, that was the containment unit, wasn't it? Yep. It's like could this be any worse? <laughs> and it's like as soon as they ask could it be any worse, the Ecto one just falls apart. And all the ghosts come pouring out of it like, Yeah, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> So yeah, and this point yeah, the ghost they like sabotage the vehicle completely. And so yeah, they basically run it down. Yeah, we've got ghosts everywhere. The Ecto One is falling apart. We have no more traps left, and about ten minutes of juice left in the in the proton packs. Yes. And who has the bright? And who looks on the bright side? Peter. <laughs> my spirit animal. So yeah, they're basically like, well, they all seem to be congregating in this one area. So maybe we should go over there. Yep. Yeah, and Peter's like the one that leads the charge away. <laughs> and Winston's like... <laughs> he's nuts. Like, and yeah. just, he goes, just like, I know. <laughs> and as they just follow along with him, but yeah, it's like, yeah, whatever. I, I mean, nobody else had any other ideas, so yeah. Like, what else do we have to lose at this point? Let's go. Yeah. So yeah, they end up going to Crowley's office lab, and and even at this point, Crowley knows he's fucked up. He's like, please help me. Yeah. Like he's pleading for help at this point. Because he knows he's fucked up and he's been like, played. Well, I stole it and I'm sorry. So at this point, the the Ghostbusters split up. Uh, Peter and Ray head back outside just to deal with the ghosts and the boogaloo. While Winston and Egon stay behind to try to fix the machine. Oh, yeah. Which is very thoroughly broken. Like, like <laughs> Egon nice tri- comment too. Like Egon tries to like put some things together, and it just kind of like explodes on him. Yeah, I was gonna say, didn't he almost get electrocuted, <laughs> or like at least like, yeah, it's broke, like hurt really bad. And like, I was like yeah, this thing's shot. Yeah, and like Peter and Ray are outside, and like they get like grabbed by this ghost hand thing. Dude, the animation with that, though, it was great. Peter's like, hey, Ray. What? I can see your house from here. Freaking Peter, dude. (laughs) He's just trying to, like, see still cracking one-liners the whole time. I know. It's like, why are we always the ones that have to cause a diversion or something like that? Yeah. They're just, they're great, man. (laughs) And that, that's the why they're always the ones to do it. They're just great. Uh, so yeah. They're still... Everything's pretty grim here, and 
Also, we just get this like little, this random little kid named Emma who comes up. She's got like a, a vacuum cleaner on her backpack, on her back. Yeah, she's got like this, she's got like this dirt devil like vac on her back. She's got no shoes on. And they're just like, you shouldn't be here. It's dangerous. She's like, I'm not afraid. I ain't never scared. Oh, okay. Shit. It's like, <laughs> And, and then like, well, that's not, like, well, that's not oh. the point. Yeah, Winston's <laughs> like, that's not the point. But that's not the point, though. And Egon's like, wait, no. That is exactly the point. So, yeah, um, we cut back to yeah, our heroes in danger. And we are literally looking at about two minutes to go before midnight. Oh, yeah. As the, as the boogaloo snatches yes, an entire like, roof of the clock on it to check the time. He's like, ha ha, almost oh, midnight. Yeah, we got two minutes. We about to rule this world, bitches. <laughs> and Egon's like, uh, no, bitch. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yep. How about <laughs> the severe over and under bite this fucker had, man? <laughs> right. Jeez. Like I said, was dude, so dummy. This show was like insane because they basically <laughs> had to come up with new ghosts every week. He was just straight gums, and then he had like multiple mouths on his body. Right. And so the <laughs> little kid walks up and goes, Trick or treat. Oh. He's really straight clowns him. And so, yes. Oh, tell me a story and all this other shit. So, yeah. Halloween has not been forgotten. Nope. And so, as soon as this happens, like, all the ghosts get sucked right back into the portal because the contract has been upheld. By this one little girl. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's crazy, man. Just how it kind of came up to this, like, insanely random ending. They're like, okay, how are we going to do this? It's like, all right, well, we ain't going to do this by fixing the machine. Because, you know, we have to have our tropes. The, the machine that caused everything is completely broken. <laughs> right. So we can't use the machine to fix it. But it's like, oh, hey, we figured... Oh, hey, we figured out how to restore the original terms of the deal. As this random little girl runs out, Oh, hey, I love Halloween. She's the one. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, the day is saved, and Halloween is magically restored. And they also time travel back four hours to eight o'clock. So, like, eight o'clock? Yes! I'm like, okay. It's like, and oh, I noticed the little girl remembered everything no one else did. Right? Except the Ghostbusters and this little girl. Like, okay, well, I gotta go. Dad's taking me for tooting. Bye, bitch. So they're like, oh, man, it's 8 o'clock. Hey, we get the night back again. And they're like, we're going to do it correct this time. Right, Crowley? I have no idea what you're no. talking about. <laughs> Yeah, this freaking phallic head bitch. He's still. Oh, I don't like him at he's all. He's still trying to go on his anti. He's like, 
Oh, you uh, see, you just no. all proved my point. We should definitely get rid of Halloween. Exactly. Did you not just see this giant ghost who appeared because you did get rid of Halloween and you broke a 2,000-year-old druid-based contract? But and this is exactly again, and it's exactly why we have Halloween. <laughs> yes. They're, well, so they're like, um, Slimer. huh? Yeah. So they're just like, uh, no, fuck you. And yeah, Slimer just straight up scares him away. Hold on, man. Fuck this through. Hold on a minute, man. Yo, it just straight scares him with a um. A boogaloo mask? <laughs> <laughs> man, hold on a minute. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's just priceless. Dude, this was... This episode was just so good, man. Dude, the musical numbers alone, I was like, yeah! Bro. <laughs> and like, there were, it was good. And there were two of them in the episode, man. Exactly. Yo, we had two musical numbers in one episode. That Ooh, alone was reckon. amazing. Like, he did not care. Like, Boogaloo was wrecking everything. Dude, man, this was he like... Was knocking, he was knocking down, like, tall buildings and shit in New York. Dude, Ooh. man, this was perfect. Like, it had... the For a primetime special cartoon, man, it had just... Fluid animation, just high stakes, the musical numbers. Really like, did. This was just enjoyable from start to finish. It was, it was fun. It was just a lot of fun. By the way, did you notice the Marshmallow Man like back in town? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They... I was like, ah, look at him. Like, there he is. Oh, yeah, dude. There is so much good stuff in this episode, man. And oh, it was, uh, so much fun. Oh, this, this is definitely my childhood. Oh, dude, I remember watching this show as a kid. Although, I don't remember this episode. That's the thing. I don't remember this episode in particular. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm sure if I watched more of them, I'm like, I'd be like, oh. I remember that. But this one episode in particular, I do not remember at all. No. It probably so, didn't get put what? into rotation since it was a, a special. It was probably like a one-off and they just never really did it again. They probably did yeah. it. Kind of just stopped. Dude, and Ghostbusters has been th- kind of through the the reboot ringer itself, man. Yeah, like the movies, uh, they're actually planning a new Ghostbusters movie. I think it comes out I next year. And they're gonna do, um, I guess, mostly the original cast. I guess. Yeah, like it's basically gonna be like in the same timeline. Yeah, I never saw the. Um, I never saw the 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 new one. Uh, the one with the all female cast. Yeah. You know, it's actually better than funny. than people like that movie got a lot of shit, which it's I don't think it should have. Like, a lot of the nostalgic, you know, fans were like, "Oh hell no, don't do that," and never gave it a chance. 
No. So one of these days I'm going to watch it because I, I actually heard it was actually entertaining. Like, everyone in the movie is good. Like, it's even got, um, oh, what's her name? Is it Melissa McCarthy? I think so. The Yeah. She's a really funny one. Which is weird because normally a lot of times Jenny or Melissa McCarthy, Jenna McCarthy, whatever her name is. Wow, I'm blanking. A lot of her movie roles, she plays fat bitch. Yeah, yeah, that's her. She's the funny one. She's hilarious. She was actually good in that movie. Like, she she wasn't just fat bitch in that movie. Like, really? No, like every. I think I think my favorite in that movie is Kate McKinnon, though. Wasn't the dude from Heroes in... No, 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 not the dude from Heroes, but um, wasn't Chris Hemsworth in that? Yes, he plays the the Janine character. And he's like... Really? Yes, he's like the, the secretary. <laughs> oh, and in this and in the movie, funny. he is dumb. He is dumber than a brick. Wow. His character is literally dumb and hot. Yeah, that sounds that's about right. The basic that's the basics of his character. But he's absolutely hilarious though. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch this. Uh the one I wish I could remember the name of. Oh. The one that played the Winston role, the the black woman. Oh. I man. know who you're talking about. She's funny. Dude, she, hilarious. Yeah, absolutely she is hilarious. Funny. And I wish I could remember her name right now. I don't remember her name. Dude. She got a lot of flack, I guess, for her looks, I guess. I guess I, people were just saying she wasn't attractive or some crap like that, but... Hilarious as hell, though. Came, yeah, a lot of people came to her defense and, like, her being funny the way she is. Like, and, dude, she's great. And, like, she she definitely, great. and she definitely played the Winston role very well. The skeptical role... It's like, whatever. I'll join you. You gonna pay me? All right, I'll join you. <laughs> right. Because like <laughs> in, in the movie, she was working as like a a ticket taker for the subway, and she's like, "Yeah, that's what." Okay, yeah, that's what gonna, it was. I saw the preview. She's like, "Y'all gonna pay me more than this job?" All right, I'll join you. <laughs> nice. Dude, man, Ghostbusters has been an incredible. I know, and of course, the '90s gave us another Ghostbusters series, Extreme Ghostbusters. Oh my god, I, I remember that. Love that show. Dude, it, it gets was so really much flack. Like, and it was insane though. Like the voice talent in the show, because you had Tara Strong who played. Kylie, the the goth girl. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I fucking loved her. You had freaking uh, Carlton man Alfonso Ribeiro playing. Oh, what was his name? I believe Roland was his name. And then you had. Oh a, man, really? Yeah, that was Alfonso Ribeiro. Wow. And then you had a uh, Jason Marsden playing 
Oh. The the one that was in the wheelchair. Um I know, right? It's been so long. I know. His is like the one I keep forgetting. And you had Eduardo. <laughs> I remember that one. But dude, like I honestly think Ghostbusters might be one of the franchises that has just been the most consistent. Like, everything that's been put out for Ghostbusters has been pretty good. Yeah. Like, all the movies are good. Yeah. Like, all the series are great. And I don't care what people say. Extreme Ghostbusters was damn good. I'm going to have to go back and look at that because I remember it, but yeah, it's no. been so long to where I need to go back and watch it. Honestly, I think Extreme Ghostbusters might actually be one of the best cartoons of the 90s. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that, but I'm going to watch it anyway. But like from what I vaguely remember, it, it was is. really intense. It's definitely, it's like a sequel reboot that definitely honors the original source material but does its own thing in a really good way and stays true to the heart of the material and that's what's important like you don't lose the material like you stay true to the heart of it and you don't try to reboot it and do something completely like left field right like even the the most recent Ghostbusters movie I really felt like it was still true to Ghostbusters. You know, it's just, you know, fine. You know, it was all females just kind of doing, you know, female versions of the original roles. But they still did them very well and put good spin on them. And that's what's most important. Like, they still stuck to the material. Like, they made it their own, but at the same time. Right, and that's something I remember. Like, the initial theatrical run took a lot of flack. And then once it kind of got to, um, like, you know, DVD and Blu-ray and a few more people gave it a chance, Mm -hmm. people started coming around to it. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch it. But no, man, definitely, man. Ghostbusters, I think, really one of the most consistent franchises we've had. Dude, that was, that, like, like the real Ghostbusters was always one of my favorites. And again, it's that banter, dude. It, it's just, it's funny. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, like, going back and watching clips of the show on YouTube, like, the dialogue was so good on the show. Yes, exactly. And there was just so much Again, so much character, the dialogue, like the back and forth, like the way the characters would play off of each other. It was constant like slapstick. There was like it was just right. funny. Which granted the original Ghostbusters movies I mean, like you have like Bill Murray. Oh man. Why am I blanking on the guys in this movie? Uh Bill Murray, Dan yeah. Aykroyd. Um, God, what's the guy that played Egon? 
Um, oh, maybe wait. rest in peace, but I know he passed away. Yeah. Um, I know they, they basically, with um, what they've been saying about the Ghostbusters coming back, mm-hmm. I know that Winston, Winston obviously is still alive. He's doing commercials. So. Oh, yeah, Ernie Hudson. He's yeah, fantastic. Ernie Hudson. That's the thing, yeah. And I think, weren't all of those guys on SNL at one point before they did that movie? Yeah. Like, Ghostbusters was kind of one of the first SNL movies. Dude. Like, not officially, but basically featuring all SNL talent. What's the guy that was in, um... Well, he was in the first one. He was also in um, Little Shop of Horrors. He kind of quit acting. Oh, Rick Moranis. uh, Rick Moranis. I miss him so much. Dude, right? He he was a phenomenal actor, and he did such a great job in those movies. But I remember Rick Moranis being on Saturday Night Live. I remember Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Harold um, Ramis. Yes. That's the one. Like they were, they were all pretty. Were they all on Saturday Night Live for a bit? I believe so. Like I said, I think Ghostbusters was one of the first unofficial SNL movies, like because it wasn't yeah. based on an SNL skit. It just had so much SNL talent in it. It was like, yeah, exactly. I think the movie I remember the most from SNL was Conehead. Yeah, you know, I've never seen that. Cause that that was a straight up SNL skit. Yeah, I think that oh, was one of the first ones that was actually it's, it's an one SNL of those other skit. Cool classics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think something like Ghostbusters really paved the way for those talents to go into bigger roles. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that other movie. There was a movie with um, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy where they kind of switch roles and one was a millionaire and one was the bum. But oh. I... Oh, God. It's it's killing me. It's not Trading Places, is it? I don't think it's Trading Places. It's... Oh, God. I'm brain farting. It was a great movie. It was I've, movie the name. I have never seen it. It is... It, it's an old movie. It is Trading Places. It is Trading Places? Yes. I literally just Google search Trading Places, and it comes up with a movie poster of with those two on it. With Eddie Murphy? And- yep. <laughs> yeah, it's Trading Places. Dude, it's a, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend like sitting down and watching it. It's, it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. yeah, that's one of those other movies. But, um... Yeah, the the one I remember the most because it was an actual skit was uh, Conehead. Mm. Chris Farley was in that too. Yeah, and I think that's why Ghostbusters had to ha- like the real Ghostbusters had to have so much di- funny dialogue in it. It's because the original movies, which is so much back and forth banter, insane dialogue, because you had just these four amazing comedians playing the lead roles right exactly and just and the movies themselves had just so much great dialogue like it was kind of in the identity of ghostbusters so that really had to carry over 
And another thing, you know how normally sequels suck? Dude, Ghostbusters 2 is Ghostbusters amazing. Ghostbusters 2. Good God, that was so good. Right? Like, Ghostbusters 1 was great, but Ghostbusters 2 was in a league of its own. It was fantastic. Right. Still, once like, again, that's one of those things. Yeah, it, hilarious it, it, it just, dialogue all the way through. Right. And I think that had to be one of the staples of the real Ghostbusters, because let's face it, the concept of the show, you're basically just hunting and catching ghosts every week. That's yep. gonna get that's gonna get tired and repetitive if the characters aren't memorable and just saying like funny shit the whole time. Exactly. Good and they me. all have they all have their own very, very unique personality. Yes. And really, they all got to shine throughout the series. I think that's what made the oh, yeah. series so good is they had these strong, great personalities. Because let's face it, catching a ghost every week would have got boring. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, but, dude, Ghostbusters, man, I freaking love it, dude, but I think that's going to do it for this week, man, and uh, once again, man, uh, Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek Crow Order. Check us out at geekroworder.com for all the latest, greatest geeky goodness, facebook.com slash geekroworder, Twitter and Instagram at geekroworder, and, of course, like and subscribe, rate us on your favorite podcast provider of choice. And we will see y'all next week. All right. You guys have a great, happy Halloween. Stay spooky. Be safe. Have a couple shots for me, and we'll see you soon.
Can't be. 